welcome to Fangirl Fridays. I'm Natalie. And I'm Marin. You're oh. wearing your one shoulder shirt. I am. And my back hurts? Why? I don't know. I think it's from a workout. Oh. What a time. What a t- <laughs> it's also humid for some reason. Oh, in our room, too. Yeah. Rude. Get out we of here. deserve humidity. that. No. I, uh, this is part of what I'm fangirling over, but I was an adult and went out last night on a school night. Look at you. I know, but I had to walk up a large hill and it was, of course, a sweaty mess. And then I tried to, like, recoup from it this morning with my hair, and I was like, it's human. I'm not recouping. No. I, there's nothing but I can do. But I, I would say this is one of the things I'm fangirling over now, okay. but before we recorded, you were trying to do a Shakira impression, but it sounded like Stitch <laughs> from Lilo and Stitch doing a Shakira impression, and I really loved it. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, you sort of did an unintentional Fran Drescher. We've had a morning, guys. Typical. Typical. Speaking of, though, having a morning, I'm sad. Oh, yeah. It's Aretha Franklin has died. I was crying in the car. NPR makes me cry more times than I care to admit. Yeah. Like a, a like a solid misty. This was like an actual tear was shed. I was just listening to Freedom being like, what? Like I almost cried seven times yesterday for several different things. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Are you okay? I'm just in a mood. You're just in a mood. Yeah. Um, I wanted also, to cry. Also, Madonna's 60th birthday. My queen. 60? Yeah. Like the fact that she's thinking getting up that there. she's not that much younger than my parents was a real... Tough pill to swallow for me. I was like, "What?" Like I just. Could I always not... have to remind myself she wasn't. She wasn't like a teen pop star. She went to went to college yes. for dance, moved out to New York. Like she started a little later, I'd say, for a pop star. I mean, I guess. I it just even too. I the news this morning. Respect came out when Aretha was twenty five. Wow, twenty five years old, and I was like, "Oh, cool, cool." You know what cool. I was doing at twenty five? What living at home. <laughs> I was not, but I know you're not s- supposed to compare yourself to other great. people's success, but I was at home. I had a real tough time at 25. I like felt like I should be doing more. I feel like that every day. <laughs> Fair. Especially it's terrible. After watching Freaks and Geeks documentary. <laughs> Especially. Really rough. Um, so what are you actually fangirling over? So yesterday on my drive home... I was driving down Rossmore. Oh, and it's a lovely street. It's turns a lovely street, but it's only two lanes, uh-huh. so it's not great during busier times of the day. But they were clearly filming something at a house, Ooh, and I get excited. I'm like, every Ooh, time, what are they filming? Like, I'm going to know. Yeah. But there was a truck on the side, and it was just photos of This Is Us. Stop it. And I wish you had been in the car with me, because the sound that came out of me was like, oh. <laughs> Like not even a full yell. It like was a, like a. Ah. It was just like a singing scream. <laughs> and it, I don't. I shouldn't be that excited about it because I live right next to Paramount, where they, they shoot found. This Is Us. Yeah. Like I'm closer when I sleep at night to the This Is Us set. Well, and it's so weird because I don't like think of you as a This Is Us fan girl. Like it's like you watch the show, you like the show, but for you to like. <laughs> Have an audible singing sound like in your car. I was just like, very Sterling K. Brown could be in this house. Oh, true, true, true. Many more could be in this house. Yeah, mm-hmm. Milo could be there. I do love this. Speaking of houses and Mandy Moore, God damn it, you sent me oh. that. Oh. I have been obsessing over her house process the whole time because I follow her on Instagram, obviously, and because she has some, she has the best TBTs on the internet. Yes, because she was a t- early 2000s pop star. It's so much fodder. It's amazing. So much sparkle. White eyeliner. Anyway, lip gloss. If you like architecture at all, any kind, or like interior design, anything, go to her freaking Instagram page. Find her like architect and her interior designer. Go to those people. Holy shit. I forget what magazine it is, though. Is it Architectural Digest? Digest? Maybe. They did a YouTube video, and that's a home tour. Watch that. It's It's not the whole house. It's like a mid-century meets your elementary school vibe, Mm -hmm. which sounds weird, but I'm very into it. There's a lot of, like, terrazzo, um, which is... What I love about it is that she really, like paid homage to what it looked like originally and then everything she had done was so custom and specific it's so beautiful it's beautiful it's beautiful insane yeah and okay got forgot about it and now i got down a rabbit hole of mandy moore now i'm staring at her beautiful face because we have a photo of her on our wall 
normal typical um so you didn't like stop and pull over and we're like hey guys no, no? i mean again two-lane street yeah couldn't really <laughs> that was the problem pull the over. two-lane street was preventing you from honestly it was that. um when does that show premiere i need to every September year something mentally prepare myself <sighs> like what's kevin doing we went into the future <laughs> remember Ke- yes i remember yes. i'm so excited like oh, holy shit um okay i'm not feeling curling over anything like that exciting but as mentioned i went out on a school night does not happen um and we went to see nathaniel rateliff in the night sweats uh very long named band but also great if you're not familiar with them you've probably heard their song son of a bitch which came out a couple years ago and he closed with it last night and you can like tell that he's over it like having to close with it every night but what I am fangirling over is just being at the Greek theater. Have you been? I've never been. Oh, dear Lord. Like, I'm not what I would consider, like, a music person. I like music. First of all, on Saturday night, we might need to go. It's Belle Biv DeVoe and Vogue. Um, shit, Tony, Tony, Tony. I okay. Like, God damn it. Why did no one tell me about this? And it's like 12 people. And I'm like, oh, so they each just play their hits and then it's brown. Yeah. But the Greek theater, watch the movie with Russell Brand. Let's get me to the Greek. It is the most charming, comfortable, lovely music venue I've ever been to. It holds 50, 170 people. I looked it up. Have you been there before? Yeah. I've been there a couple times. And I saw Nathaniel Wright live there before. I saw Ray Lamontine there. I've seen maybe that's it. But those bands in particular are, like, good for that venue because it's, like, kind of, like, smaller you mm-hmm. don't want to necessarily you wouldn't want to see i mean maybe you would want to see beyonce there but like you can you, yeah, don't, you, you don't have like as much production right. value um but it's just so goddamn charming and it's been there for like 80 years and it's in the middle of all these super fancy ass homes in los Feliz, and you just like have this wonderful aspirational feeling one time i saw a deer come on <laughs> like it's like los angeles wow. great i had a glass of rosé which is like the first alcohol I've had since Whole30. I was definitely buzzed. And it was lovely. It was a wonderful time. Wow. I highly recommend you go to the Greek. I'm surprised you've not been. I know. I think there's actually a show I thought about going to. Mm-hmm. And then I don't like the band enough to spend that much money For on sure. them. Mm-hmm. You know, one of those deals. One of those. Mm-hmm. So... The Greek's wonderful. The bathrooms are nice. Everything's working for it. I don't know. Like, it's just every time I go, I'm like, is this my happy place? It is the Mandy Moore's home of music <laughs> venues. <laughs> yes. That's exactly what it is. If you're in Los Angeles, people, please go. Okay. That's what I'm fangirling over at the Greek. Man. I didn't know. I almost Good. bought Greek merch. Wow. Like, there's band merch, and then there's the Greek merch. I know what I'm you're like, getting for Christmas. I'm like, do I need this sweatshirt? Maybe I do. I love it here. Oh, I. Oh, you know who else I saw there? Rick Ooh. Springfield. And that's when I oh, met Rick Springfield yep. and I okay. got to go to the like back. So it's very special it's to very you. It's very special okay, to I me. got it. I mentioned Rick Springfield multiple times last night because <laughs> here's the thing, guys. He's a goddamn delight. Lovely man. <laughs> Wonderful human being. Don't know if I fingered over when we actually did it, but it was lovely. Okay. Last week we did the Flintstones and the Jetsons. Do we now have like a potential production deal after my television idea that I wouldn't tell on the air. Maybe. Maybe. Are we non-writing producers? Maybe. Maybe. Who knows? Also, did the Justins win? I think so. Oh, yeah. Everyone was kind of in agreement. There was no real, like, no one was shitting on the Flintstones. No. But no one came at, came to bat for the Flintstones at all. Nobody. Which is so weird because it's so iconic. Yeah. When but I, f- I think oh, maybe a lot of people feel the same way we do. Like, maybe. We like it. We respect it. But the Justins were just better. So cool. I'm going to ask my mom. My mom's coming into town today See, get her opinion. Because it was like, you know, she was young when it was on. I don't know. We'll <laughs> she see. was hip. She was hip. She was cool. So this episode, we're going to do a twofer. Because we couldn't decide. We couldn't decide. There was too much. But we're going to stay in the 60s. Yeah. Um, because love that. Also love that we are such losers that we know these shows well. And like... <laughs> You know, weren't even born. I know. For I was like twenty five years. I'm worried because there are details. <laughs> I'm worried. There are details I probably don't know about the shows because I didn't see every episode. But no. syndication 
like was a gift. Thank God that Nick at Night didn't under like realize at the time. No, we need more shows in syndication. Youth of today, they have no idea. They can just like pick and choose. So also, someone give me the fucking Laverne and Shirley because I want it. Yes, Hulu all I want only do... had select episodes for I a time. Watch the whole thing. I know. Ugh, rude. You can buy it on DVD. <laughs> do we? The I know what you're getting DVD. for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> the complete Laverne and Shirley set. Um, okay, so the first set of shows we are going to do is Bewitched versus I Dream of Change. I didn't realize it at the time, but I have a strong favorite. <gasps> really? Yeah. I do, too. Yeah. I wonder if it's the same. I bet it's the same. Um, okay. You did sort of Bewitched, so you chat about that. Okay. We'll do each show, and then we'll do similarities and differences. All right. Bewitched. Premiered September 17th, 1964, ran through 1972 on ABC. So the show's about a witch who marries an ordinary guy, and she's... You know, she's done kind of with the witch thing. She just wants to be a suburban housewife, like be normal. She's done like episode one. <laughs> yeah, but it's impossible. Yeah, she's a witch. She, She's a witch. It's where, it's her truth. Mm-hmm. And her mother doesn't help, you know. So I'd say like some chaos ensues every episode. Every episode. Um, it's actually the longest running supernatural themed sitcom of the 60s and 70s. And there were a lot because we're going to talk about them. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it sounds niche. It wasn't. <laughs> it sounds niche. No. No. It was like the trend. <laughs> so Elizabeth, Elizabeth Montgomery, Samantha, who we love, mm-hmm. she did the nose thing, which actually isn't a nose twitch. Did you know that? It's like more of like it's, a chin. She never moved her nose. What? It's like a, she moved her lip a little bit and then it's like a camera trick. What? We have been bamboozled. Lied to. For years. What did Nicole Kidman do? <laughs> I don't know. I can look into it. Do we it. need to go back and watch Bewitched I will say, do Nicole not Kidman? hate the movie. Nicole Kidman? No. It's, well, Farrell's it's in it. It's kind of lovely. guys. <laughs> and then, of course, there are two Darrens throughout so the run of the series, played by two dicks. <laughs> Dick York. You didn't mean this to be funny, Dick but it Sergeant. was. Uh-huh. So one of the – Dick York is the first – Darren, uh-huh. and he actually had a horrible back pain oh. throughout the series until season four or five when he left, and he just like couldn't do it anymore, really. Oh. And that's why he was replaced, but the show never talked about it, so they just assumed that Dick York was a terrible person to work <gasps> with. Oh. And that's why he left, like, they switched out. It's like a Becky situation. <laughs> kind of. They just never talk about it. Yes. And then you have, of course... The mother-in-law and Dora, who is glamorous and 100% witch. Top, She's not going to hide for anyone. <laughs> top 10 side character of all time? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Just the glamour, the eye makeup, the everything about. Like, can you imagine the tragedy of the show if it was in black and white? Also, <laughs> like, dear God. most of the costuming and makeup was from the actor and actresses so (gasps) that was kind of her her stuff and there was a special like pennant i think that she wore which she when um agnes moorhead the actress who plays her passed away she gave it to elizabeth montgomery (gasps) really yes so don't cry oh my god (laughs) just realizing now mimi from the the drew carey show inspired by endora there would be no mimi without endora no mimi without endora Oh, wow. my gosh. I just pulled yeah. that out of the ether. But um, it makes so much sense. So much sense. And then there's Larry Tate, played by David White, um, who is Darren's boss. Mm-hmm. And he's also, for some reason, very involved with the family. Um, very common theme in yes. 60s television also shows. Also buried at Hollywood Forever Cemetery <gasps> oh. by my house. And a man one, one time at the cemetery was like, uh, do you want to see where so-and-so's so-and-so is in the mausoleum. I was like, okay. I could have been murdered. Totally. Absolutely. But he showed me, and now I know where he is. And then he pointed me in the direction of Judy Garland. Absolutely a, hey, little girl, do you want some candy? (laughs) And I was like, yes, I want to know where where David White is. (laughs) 
in your weird life, it's like your comparison is like, hey, do you want to see where this body's buried? I'm like, sure. Let me get in your yeah. windowless van. He's I'll just in it. a little box with a like a window thing, and you can. See, he has like a photo of him on the show. And oh, yeah, that's fun. It's cool. Um, what else? What else? I didn't know this was inspired by a movie. Yeah. What? I didn't know that. Well. So the creator saw the similarities between a movie, I Married a Witch, which came out in 1942, and then there was a couple, like, books or plays, The Passionate Witch and Bell, Book, and Candle, which was adapted into a movie in the 50s. So there's a lot of witchcraft loving happening. In the 50s and 60s. Okay. All right. That's the basics. Those are the basics. I Dream of Jeannie. So... A Dream of Genie comes out September 18, 1965, basically a year to the date after yep. Bewitched premieres. And it, but it only runs until May 26, 1970. So, if you have never seen the show, okay. But it's <laughs> wow. basically the premise is that it's a 2,000-year-old genie, and she falls in love with her astronaut master, and they eventually get married. Sounds insane, is a little, but it makes sense yes. in the show. Um, it's directly created as a response to the success of Bewitched. Of course it is. Like, literally, they're like, what's going on over there? Great. We have to do it. It's the same production company, actually. So it's like a situation of, like, Hanna-Barbera. Um, but so they specifically didn't want to cast a blonde because they didn't want to confuse it with Samantha. But they did anyway. But they did because everyone they saw was really shitty and Barbara Eden was called in specifically for this role. And I'll get into why. In the similarities. Okay. Um, but speaking of tragedies, the first season of I Dream of Genie is in black and white, and the rest are in color. Two reasons why. Okay. One, it was very expensive to like do do the color in general, and no one thought the show was gonna get renewed. Like they were oh. like, this show's kind of garbage. We're not but gonna it like lasted years. Yeah, five years. But so they didn't spend the money. And even the guy who produced it was like, I'll pay the extra $400 every single episode to, like, get this done. And they were like, don't waste your money. <laughs> so that was funny. And then, two, it was much harder with the magic tricks, mm-hmm. magic in quotes, to have it be in color and do all that magic stuff You needed a budget. You needed a budget. But you needed, like, a real good cinematographer situation. Yeah. And they were like, eh, I don't know if we need to do this. Um, also shocking. The original opening credits were not animated. Yes. Because it had the backstory. Yeah. It was like um, almost like Gilligan's Island, kind of like they yeah. would like narrate like, like what Let happened. me tell you the entire story in 30 seconds. Yes. So in case you've not watched every single episode, let me tell you what's happening every episode, um, which I kind of appreciate. So I have some news that was shocking to okay. me. The actual bottle... Right? The genie lives in. Yeah, that's Gen- like big at the bottom and long at the top. Yeah. <laughs> the actual bottle was a special Christmas 1964 Jim Beam liquor decanter containing Beam's Choice bourbon wow. whiskey. It's so fancy. It's so fancy. And there's like all this kind of urban legend around like who decided that that should be the thing. And then it gets really controversial too because basically it just seems like the prop guy like went to the liquor store and was like, that's cool. Um, yeah. But ultimately like when it was in black and white, it had this sort of detailing on it. Then they like made it purple. Like the bottle changes colors like 10 times in the show if you watch carefully. And it has like Darren put or Darren, Tony puts in his. I was like, what? Tony puts in his little um, clear stopper that comes from like because yeah. he loses the stopper and then they like go back to get it and the stopper changes colors all the time. Like a lot of inconsistencies with yeah. the bottle. The bottle reminds me of there's a Simpsons episode, one of my favorites, and at the beginning Marge wants to get this like heirloom. Of I think it's supposed to be like a Civil War figurine appraised, and they go in somewhere, and it was it's like a liquor lad, and it's just a liquor bottle, uh-huh. and uh, the relative love to drink, so it makes perfect sense. <laughs> but that's what it reminds you of. That's what it reminds you of. Um, I also so two other things about um, I Dream of Genie. So Hanna Barbera actually produced an animated series, Genie. Of course they did. Like right, makes sense. But it was not until the seventies. So it yeah. comes out. This in makes sense. Nineteen seventy three to seventy five. Like nothing really to do 
Like, no one's involved. Like, Barbara Eden doesn't no. voice it. Somebody Anna else Barbera voiced it. Hanna-Barbera uses the same three people. Yeah, but listen to this premise. Uh, the animated series was originally broadcast from September 1973 to 75, which featured Jeannie, voiced by this woman, Julie McWhirler, and Jeannie-in-training Babu, which I kind of love, voiced by former Three Fun. Stooges star Jill Besser, as the servants of Corey Anders, a high school student and surfer, voiced by Mark Hamill. Wow. And then they what? all played music together in a band and Probably. solved mysteries? <laughs> Probably. Would watch this Would today. Watch. Okay, but I had a moment when I was doing this that, like, I knew this, but I didn't really n- understand. What? Like, Master... Tony is Larry Hagman, like, of Dallas. Dallas. And it was just like... Maren, I don't even... I've never seen an episode of Dallas, and I know that. No, but it's like, I realized it, but just when then I was, like, doing all this research, I'm like, what? Like, you just... I always think of him as Dallas, because my family, like, loved Dallas. My parents were huge Dallas people. JR. JR. And just, like, thinking about it, being like, what? But he was also on I Dream of Jeannie? Like, it feels so weird. What a career. What a career. (laughs) Like, seriously. What an icon. Um, all right. Similarities? Similarities. Okay. So they do, once I Dream of Jeannie gets over their first intro with their whole backstory, they also move into an animated intro. Great. Bewitched has an animated intro. They're both very similar. Very similar. They both kind of look the same in the same vein as the Nanny mm-hmm. theme song. Mm-hmm. I think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, both Supernatural Blondes. hmm I mean, not intentional. Not that intentional. wasn't the idea. Mm-hmm. The guys look the same to me. All three of them. They are, yep, Darren all three. One, Darren two, Tony. They are the same Master. person. Crazy. Boring. Well, they're all just like, they like look like they should have a briefcase. Yeah, and they're like the straight man that's just supposed to go, whoa, this is crazy. <laughs> like totally. every episode. Like super facially oriented. Like yes. they're like only hired because they can like make. They can react. Their eyes can get really big. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely. How big can your eyes get? <laughs> Great. You're hired. You're hired. It's like the woman on Ripley's Believe It or Not that like come out of her <laughs> sockets. Totally. Absolutely. Um, both shows have nosy neighbors. Mm-hmm. Both, again, bosses at work that are too involved with the house i don't get it so weird and crazy mother-in-laws yeah so typical sitcom kind of beverly hillbillies were also very involved with their bosses or their bank yeah always what was the deal there we'll talk about this more too always like an elder in the home like that this will come up in our other shows (laughs) as well like Multi-generational? Yes. Uh, a fact that I love. I was just waiting. I was like, why have you not led with this? Like, I'm sure you're dying about it. Both Samantha and Jeannie had kind of evil versions of themselves uh-huh. on the shows by wearing dark wigs. Just a brunette wig. Just a brunette wig because all brunettes are evil. That's what <laughs> that's what pop culture has taught that's me. What they were telling us. That's why I'm blonde. Um, <laughs> so, so Bewitched, Samantha had a cousin named Serena obviously played by Elizabeth Montgomery. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's more of like a spoiled teenager. I remember her being like more like extra 60s, like go-go oh, yeah. 60s mm-hmm. compared like to cool. Samantha. Yeah, Samantha's very like housewifey. Yes, she wants to be normal housewife. But she's also very like Mary Tyler Moore with those like cute pants. Flips. Yeah, yes. and the flip. And then on I Dream of Jeannie, it's the same name. Like Jeannie too, basically. Yeah, well, because and basically, they are, that's an evil sister. And it's Jeannie because if you're a girl and you're Jeannie with a G, your name yeah. is Jeannie with a J. <laughs> and that Jeannie was like seductive. Yeah, yeah. She like, like kind of tries to like break up their marriage. Like she's like mean. She's mean, <laughs> manipulative. <laughs> um, we mentioned too. So both of these came from the same production company, um, Screen Gems, and. Both of these were inspired by movies. So you already talked about Bewitched. Um, I Dream of Genie comes from this movie starring Barbara Eden. What? Called The Brass She's only Bottle. been a genie? Yeah. And so that's why they were like, shit, we got to go get her because she was the inspiration. We don't want a blonde. Fine. We'll take you. Barbara Eden gets whoa, involved. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Crazy, right? Do you remember at the end of a very Brady sequel when Tell me um, Mike and Carol are getting their vows renewed? For their anniversary, mm-hmm. it's the end of the movie, 
And the whole plot of the second movie is that Carol's husband comes back, her first husband. Her dead husband. Do you not remember this <laughs> No, movie? I don't think so. Okay, well, I know it by heart. Okay. And at the end, Barbara Eden shows up <gasps> in a genie costume. Oh and God. she's like, I'm Mike's wife. And then it ends because it's just like a joke. <laughs> right. And I love it that she, like, was willing to put that back on. I don't know at what age because that was 96, 97. Yeah, so it's like 30 years later. So she's always been Jeannie. Always been Jeannie. Well, if you're okay with that, I Great. support it. Own it. Um, I heard a very tragic story about Barbara Eden once. And like, You're not going to share it? No. Well, I mean, I can, but it's, so, it's like depressing. <laughs> yeah, please. She was pregnant. Um, she was you know, married, had a child. Something happened to the baby, and the baby like did not sur- survive. But this happened at like... Month seven. Oh. And whenever this was, was like in the 60s or 70s, they were like, well, we can't really do anything. So we just have to like wait for your body. Oh, yeah. And so she just had to walk around like looking fully pregnant for a while. And people would like come up to her and be like, oh, wow, we're so excited. And it's just like, what a goddamn dread. Oh, that's I can't terrible. Even, it's like, I can't even talk. It's awful. Um. Well, I also have a sad story. Oh, great. Larry Tate, Bewitched. He had two kids, and his son was – he – I forget what happened. Maybe his wife passed away or something, but he was, like, a single dad. Okay. And his son passed away in, like, a war plane, and he got really bitter and, like, seclusive, and he, like, ended up dying, like, I think of a heart attack or something, but he just, like, became a different person and just, like, lived as a shut-in. Really? Yeah. Reckless? He just, like, hated the world afterwards. Wow. Tragedy. Sitcom tragedy. Ooh. Okay, uh, back on to differences. Maybe we'll <laughs> lighten this up a little bit. Um, so their magic wasn't, like, the same. Or, like, the way it worked, basically. Yeah. Or their mechanism for, like, yeah. how they So Samantha had that happen. lie as mm-hmm. her nose twitch. Yeah. But then she also could, like, raise her arms and, like, say a rhyme. She could do a lot. It was, like, an incantation almost. Yeah. Like, it was, like, very, <laughs> okay. And then Jeannie, of course, just arms fold. Blink with nod. With nod. Which, I don't know, kind of hurts my head. I know. Imagine having to do that a lot. Like, it's yeah, kind of violent. Daily. I'm doing it right now. It's kind of violent. Um, yeah, a lot, <laughs> lot of that. Uh, also, in the show, so Samantha is a witch. Like, she was born a witch. She is a yes. witch. Like, always been a witch. Jeannie, it's a little up in the air about whether or not she's a human and she, like, became a genie. They, like, and it's unclear because they make it unclear. Like, yeah. in some seasons, it's like, oh, she was a person before, and her family lives in this, like, made-up country back east. She's also, like, Arabian. They talk a lot what? about— No, in the in the pilot, okay. the first wish that Tony has, Master has, is for her to speak English. Oh. Because he, like, can't understand Whoa. her because she's speaking Persian. <laughs> and I'm like, what? Like, what is this blonde, oh, blue-eyed, <laughs> like— Okay, but so there's a lot of inconsistency on whether or not she's like truly, she was born this way or not. Yeah. So it's like mm, I can't, we can't say definitively like this is like who they both were. Yeah. So there's a little difference. And I think, well, obviously Samantha and Darren have a healthier relationship. Yeah. Um, because I mean Darren finds out she's a witch in episode one. Yeah. Pretty much. Like as they're like and engaged. <laughs> like she is a witch. She is a witch, but. She is still, like, a wife, and although, like, all of these things happen, I feel like they still communicate. Yeah. Whereas, like, I dream of Jeannie. It's strictly, like, a master. She calls Jeannie him master. situation. She calls, she calls him, him master. master forever. Like, it was weird for me to say his name is actually Tony. I was like, yeah. what? And they don't get married until, like, later seasons. Yeah. And she just, like, lives there. And he's all of a sudden, like, I guess I love you now, and we should get married. Pretty much. Well, she they like, like get in a fight. You are my slave in my house yeah. for years. They Let's get in a fight, fight, and then she leaves. She leaves. She goes back to like the old country, whatever, in this made up nation. And then he's like, "Oh, I really love you." But the whole time he's trying to figure out like their relationship, and he's trying to hide her because he works at NASA. Yeah, because he's an astronaut. We haven't even talked about the inside of Jeannie's bottle, which is the best. So it's just plush. cushions. So plush. <laughs> I don't know what she does in there, but it's great. It's great. Yeah, and, like, originally she just stays in there, and then finally he's like, you can roam around the house. Like, it's, like, yeah, so bizarre. And because Darren and Samantha are married, they end up having a magic baby. 
two, actually, which I forgot there was a second one. What? There's a son named Adam. He's a warlock because male witches are warlocks. Never, ever would have remembered See, that. I only know Tabitha. Oh, I Tabitha. Yeah. Tabitha's like a thing. A- like, Adam was later. Um, and then there's a dog that was magical somehow oh. on Genie. Jinjin? Why do you need why do you need a magic dog when you're already a genie? I don't know. Genie Because you can't have a baby because you have a master? And because like maybe you're not human? I don't know. It's very Yeah. The rules on I Dream of Genie are like, very did she, inconsistent. Did she have to wish for human body parts because she's a genie? <laughs> also, mm. she fell in love with him instantly. Yes. That's like the whole premise. And she manipulates this whole situation. She rolls her little genie bottle into his like helicopter that rescues him i love a long game so love that (laughs) she was like i even though you're my master i will be your master um okay anything else what's your favorite my favorite's bewitched absolutely yes down hands down i always like i dream of genie always felt a little silly to me like, it just felt like the master stuff, I think, too, because we were watching it in, like, the 80s and 90s. Like, I was like, what? This is weird. Yeah, it's weird because they're both supernatural shows, so they're not realistic. But there's something just about the chemistry of all the characters in yeah. Bewitched. Everything feels more real. Yeah. And honestly, Endora. Yes. I freaking loved her. And, like, she's awful. Awful to Darren. Like, so she just, like, gets in their business all the time. She's kind of awful to Samantha. Yeah. Samantha's always like, oh, hi, Mom. Um, but, like, she was the most colorful character, both literally and figuratively, yeah. that I'd ever seen. And, and I get, was mesmerized. Like, you get, like, Paul Lind on there. Yeah. You get – it's just a good show. And it's funny. Hmm. One small fact. Jackie Coogan, who we'll talk about later, was on I Dream of Jeannie. Um, and Jackie Coogan is the reason – all of these, like, child um, labor laws exist for actors, for child mm-hmm. actors, because he was completely taken advantage of by his parents. Whew. Whew. <laughs> Super I love cool. the balance of, I don't know, fun TV and the dark well, behind like, the yeah, scenes. Yeah, he's, like, still needing to work as, like, an old man, like, doing bit parts <laughs> on I Dream of Genie because his parents took all of his money. Dick. Um, all right. The next two shows... Is honestly the most ridiculous thing I think that's ever happened in television, in television. history. In television. I think I history. would agree be, based on dates alone. I was telling Eric and he was like, what? Like, same years? Like, what and are you talking about? what's crazy is, like, they really didn't know about each other. I mean, no. That's, yeah, there it was just no, like, like it just happened. Crazy. All right. Do you, I can start. Okay, you go. First show. The Adams Family. <laughs> Creepy and they're kooky, mysterious and spooky. They're all together ooky. The Adams family. Uh, the house is I mean, so great. I always like remember as a kid watching the opening credits and like seeing that someone like wasn't being a great snapper. And I'm like, no, this is the key. Oh, I never this is noticed. the percussive part of the Was song. it cousin it? Probably. <laughs> um so I didn't realize that this, but it's based on characters from Charles Adams' New Yorker cartoon. I knew this hair flip. You hair flip. And your hair's in a ponytail, so you can't flip nope. it. I didn't know that. Call me out. Okay. This <laughs> show came out September 18th, 1964, and went to April 8th, 1966. Keep those dates in mind, kids. <laughs> All right. If you haven't, if you've, like, never in your been introduced to the Adams family? I don't know. That's impossible. It's impossible. And we can talk about that too. So you have Gomez, Morticia, Wednesday, Pugsley, Uncle Fester, Lurch, Thing, Grandmama. Kind of always forget about Grandmama. Yeah. Like, eh, eh, helpful, not really. Eh. Um, also, like, it is a recurring, doesn't happen all the time. And, like, I feel like it's a bigger thing in the movies. Yes. Um, okay. So this uh series was created this was i found like very interesting um i took this quote sort of actually right from maybe wikipedia great so series creator david levy explained that the premise of the show to syndicated columnist blah 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 um we have made the family full-bodied people not monsters they are not grotesque and hideous manifestations. At the same time, we are protecting the images of Adam's children, as he refers to them. We are living up to the spirit of the cartoons. He is more than a cartoonist. He's a social commentator. So 
The tone of the series was set by um, producer Nat Perrin, who was a close friend of Groucho Marx and writer of several Marx Brother films. So basically all of this, the Adams Family, mm-hmm. is sort of set in the context of like odd people, but normal. Yes. But with a layer of Marx Brothers sort mm-hmm. of like comedy on top of it. And I was like, they nailed it. Yeah. And <laughs> like not being a butt of a joke. No. And they like lampooned a lot of things. They lampooned politics, the legal system, rock and roll and Beatlemania yes. and Hollywood. And so it was just like, what? Also, quick fun fact that I did not know. Carolyn Jones, who plays Morticia. Yes. Married Aaron Spelling for 10 <gasps> years. Wow. When? Right before Adam's family. Wow. So like 53 to 64 maybe. How many wives is Aaron Spelling had mm, unclear she was married four I'm guess times four. Oh, okay. i'm gonna guess three hmm. i'll look it we'll look it up after <laughs> um candy for sure we know two carolyn and candy um uh, maybe there's another c in the mix um so basically yes the adams family lovely wonderful always in black and white what you got okay <laughs> i am doing the monsters Now, here's where it's crazy. This show premiered September 24th, 1964. Six days later. And ran through May 12th, 1966. They got an extra month. Yeah. Ended the same year, though. Same exact time frame. This was on CBS. Only 70 episodes were made. For some reason, I thought there'd be more. But, like, two years? That feels like... 70 episodes i mean i guess i don't know i just thought it was weird and it was actually canceled because ratings dropped once abc premiered batman which was in color Mm, yeah so bye bye um both this the monsters though higher rated than the adams family i think i get it yeah okay okay um so this show is more of like a family of friendly monsters they're overtly monsters yeah they have misadventures. They never quite understand why people react to them so strangely. Um, it's kind of a satire of both traditional monster movies and the wholesome family era and was produced by the creators of Leave it to Beaver, mm, which makes a lot of makes sense. Makes a lot of sense. It's basically a comic look at monsters living in a normal world. Makes a lot of sense. Uh, ratings were actually low during the first two years, but they found a larger audience in syndication. So both The Addams Family then and Munsters were like not – I mean, it makes sense. They only had two years. Yeah. Episodes. So it's like they were not that well-received. And this show actually ended up like getting a spinoff series as well as like a TV movie starring Christine Taylor as the normal teenager. Oh God, have you watched it Brady Bunch movie. Hello. <laughs> Another <laughs> reference. So she was really into – Remaking 60s television. Totally. 60s, 70s television. Um, but in 2017, Seth Meyers announced they're developing a modern day interpretation of the Munsters. What? And Where is it? I'm going to say right now we don't need this. Do we need it, though, more than we need Elf? Wait, what? Elf is Elf coming. Is coming? No, we don't need Elf. Don't I will take Elf. the Munsters. Right? I, the Munsters will be set in Brooklyn. Uh, are they going to be like hipster Munsters? I don't If know. they're fucking hipster Munsters, I'm out. I'm out, but at the same time, it sounds like a Geico commercial I would love. <laughs> yeah. Or like one of those Apple commercials. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah, make you cry. <gasps> yeah. yeah. I'm going right. to talk to Seth Meyers about that I can instead. get Herman on board. Okay. So mm-hmm. the characters, we have the Frankenstein dad, Herman, mm-hmm. more of like a vampire woman, wife, Lily. Mm-hmm. Uh also vampire grandpa, mm-hmm. wolf boy, Eddie, Eddie Munster, mm-hmm. and then Marilyn, the normal daughter. Totally normal. She's, But she's the abnormal one in this family. Right. Do you remember, though, um, wait, now am I realizing that, like, the Incredibles are a spin on the Munsters? Like, yeah. they have, like, the abnormal, normal daughter. She doesn't think she has any powers or anything. Anyway, But sorry. everyone has powers. Okay. But they do, but she's a no for a while. Um, <laughs> remember, Michael Westmore did the makeup for Eddie. I oh I remember and I remember we both lost our shit and was just like oh, Michael Westmore why aren't you our grandpa I love him um, okay what else so the idea of the family was suggested to Universal Studios by an animator who developed the idea from 1943 to 1945 what? as a series of cartoons oh so it's going to be a, more of an animated series okay um, the project didn't really take off though until the 60s um, it was submitted to Universal by a Rocky and Bullwinkle writers love love. <laughs> Love. Just uh-huh. the best. 
Um, it was later handed to other writers who wrote a pilot script lo- called Love Thy Monster. Okay. Um, so it, for a long time, they really wanted this to be a cartoon. And other people were like, no, let's just make it live action like everything else on TV. So they did. And it was filmed in black and white to save money and to also resemble old black and white monster films that Universal used to make. So we've talked about this before on the podcast. I think it was when we were doing The Moms. Yeah, we talked about Lily and Morticia. But the set, like you found those photos of like the set of, was it the Adams Family? Or I the think Monsters? it was Adams Family. In color, because obviously like we never saw them in color. Yes, beautiful. Unbelievably beautiful. Like combine that with Mandy Moore's home, just bury me there. Like, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Oh, my God. When we, Taxidermy when we and Golden Moore's Girls home? later in life, that's our home. <laughs> what's, your, what's your vibe? A taxidermy Mandy Moore house? Cool. Yes. All right. That's a thousand percent it. <laughs> With like 10% cabin vibes. Yeah, you love a 10%. You love like a, I love a beam. I love a wood paneling. Love it. I know. Okay. Back, <laughs> back to business. <laughs> when we Golden Girls look later in life. So true. So, again... Let's talk about how these premiered the, the same, same week. Month. Week. Yeah, that's true. Like, six days later. What? Talk like, about confusion. I don't, I don't know how much people know before a show happens, especially in the 60s. No. So, was this a surprise to everyone? And were people like, ooh, this is weird. Yeah, like, like how do we, like, pull yeah, in collar? <laughs> yeah, like, what do we do? Like, like are shit. these going to work? But th- they are very different shows, I think. I think so, too. I mean, you know, you have, like, your spooky families, but, like... And your creepy Victorian homes. Yeah, and your grandparent living in the home. <laughs> like, you know, you have all of that stuff. But they are pretty different, I the think. The tone is completely different. Yeah. So you have one felt more slapsticky. Yeah. I think the Munsters felt more slapsticky. I agree. I was nervous that you were going to say the Adams Family, and I was like, no, I not at all. Because at all. When, especially with you saying that Marx Brothers thing, mm-hmm. I feel like the Munsters was always like, do you get this joke? Where the Adams family were like, we're in on the joke. We are smarter. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I was doing some research too, because my thing was always like, how do they have money? Um, yeah, that's a great question. So the Adams family, they explained it, I guess, like Gomez was a was a good investor and he like that makes a lot owned of a lot of property and stuff but because remember he was always like spending money like crazy too yeah. but i guess they were just super rich well and don't he they was go retired. into some kind of money trouble in the movie yeah and they mm-hmm. live in the motel with their house which i do want to talk about the movies angelica houston oh my god um okay, okay so quickly gomez was just much more suave herman frankenstein was just like a goofy dad goofy which mm-hmm. i loved yeah i think if jumping ahead, but I think I loved the monsters more growing up. Really? Yeah, definitely. I interesting. Okay, but the Adams family never really suggests like supernatural. Like they they are kind of pow- magical, but, you don't but they know why. don't talk about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whereas the monsters, it's like super obvious. Yeah. About the, everything that they do, like they're monsters. Yeah. My thing we've talked about this before with the Adams family is I remember watching the Adams family and being like. Are these people going to have sex, like, right here, right now? Like, yeah. Gomez and Morticia are so horny for each other all the time. And Which is like, really scandalous like, for 60s television. So scandalous. And he's, like, kissing her arm all the time. He's like, oh, God, Mia. Which, by the way, they're Castilian, like, so they're Spanish. I was like, hmm, nothing like the Adams to be, like, a Spanish name. And I was <laughs> like, what? That doesn't make any sense. Like, that extra D? And I was like, okay, what a weird backstory, but sure. Um, I always... So why do you think, though, so the Munsters did better in, like, ratings and stuff like that, but the Adams Family has persevered, you know, and obviously the yeah. movies, but, like, why not, why them versus the Munsters? Hmm. That's a good question. Theme One song? theme song. <laughs> I mean, it's at, at what? At every sporting event ever? It's a narrative theme song, too. It's so great. Yeah. Or you could just listen to the instrumental version. Also, there's an album, I think his name is Vic... Oh no! I'm gonna Mazzy, Mizzy. Oh yeah, Muzzy. I think it's I, it's Muzzy. It's Muzzy. It's Muzzy, but it's Mizzy. Just sweet Russian feet. Yeah. It's Muzzy. It is um, Mizzy. But you can listen to like the whole score for the Adams Family or the soundtrack, and I am obsessed with it. He, I genuinely love it. He also did the theme song for Green Acres. Wow. Vic Mizzy. I was like, what a makes beautiful sense. person. Um, I don't know. I just think the way it was so subtle. Yeah. And what it is, and it looked, I'm it, you know. Th- the Munsters were going for a classic Universal 
monster movie look. Yeah. But I think the Addams Family really nailed, like, a classic goth mm-hmm. look that... That, Just like, rattan chair that yes. Morticia sits in all the it's time. So I'm like, cool. where do I find this? It's so this? classy. Like, even if that's not your vibe, I think you are intrigued by what the Addams Family looks like and what they're doing. Whereas The Munsters is just like any other sitcom. The Munsters feels campy to yes. me. I kind of want to go back and revisit, though, The Munsters because I feel like it would be a real fun thing to just watch. Yeah. I, I'm going to say I love both. It's kind of hard for me. Because really? I, although they're both monster shows that came out in the same week, I think these are different shows. You do? Yes. It's like, oh, they're, they're just very both easy. monster families. And like, I think where you really get the comparison is Lily to Morticia because they look exactly the same, like, in a lot of ways. Yeah. Or, like, their vibe's very similar, and so it's like, okay, well, what? Yeah, but Um, Lily has that white patch in her hair. She does have that white patch. But this is where the Addams Family wins is because if you think both had spinoffs and movies, technically, Mm -hmm. the Addams Family movies were so successful and Good. good. I love both of those movies. The first Adam's Family movie is like legit very good. Yeah. And Christina Ricci's but, p- like portrayal of yes. Wednesday catapulted Angelica Wednesday. Houston? Don't you just think she, we've talked? Have we talked about this? I think Angelica Houston just like reeks of Chanel number five. Yes, we have <laughs> like, talked about this. I feel like she just like casts an odor of like wealth wherever she goes. Also, I don't. I love Adam's Family Values because that's the when they go to camp and the, they do the Thanksgiving play. I think it's also the Joan that's Cusack Adam's one. Values? Yeah. They're both good. Oh, I thought that was the first one. No, the first one is just they don't have money. They huh. lose their money, and right? And they have to get it back. The second one Maybe also like, has a baby. Do I like Adam's Family Values better? <sighs> Which one has the MC Hammer song? <laughs> I think the first one. They do I don't know. They, they want to do say what they, they want to say. About they want to live. You know, you're all thinking it. Um, no, oh. I have to look things up. So I have a theory about all of this in general, like why both. You know, you get the Flintstones, Jetsons, like in terms of this time period. So we're not that far into television as like an effective medium, right? Mm-hmm. We're like maybe 15 years at the most. And you think you've had successful Hollywood movies for, let's call it, 50 years Okay, at this point. And films were like, you know, by far and away the, you know, pinnacle of pop culture, the pinnacle of, like, culture in general. And TV was a little, like, I mean, you hear about it, you read about it in interviews, and people are like, oh, like, why are you going to go do TV? Like, it was seen as very sort of, like, lowbrow mm-hmm. and, like, base. I think... A lot of this duplication of content was really just a way to sort of maintain the viability of the medium in general, the medium being television. Okay. And they were like, oh, this is working. Do more of that because, like, we just – we want this yeah. to, like, work and we don't want to, like, be too confusing or, like, you know, rock the boat too much. Like, we're just going to well, keep not, doing this thing. Yeah. It's not like today where you can be experimental on Netflix. No, and if it doesn't work, it doesn't channels. work. Yeah. You it's have to like, make something good. Yeah. And it was like, so there was airtime. Otherwise, it like went dead. And so yeah. it was just like, okay, well, let's make something that we know is working and just tweak it a little bit as opposed to like, let's do something totally out of the box. Because I think there was probably a fear that if you did something totally out of the box, like, bye bye all of TV. You yeah. ruined it for everyone. Which <laughs> like is crazy to think show. because then you're like, how did any show come about? Totally. Like, how was anyone brave enough to say this will work? Well, then you really start to understand shows that maybe we don't understand that much, like All in the Family, for example, like was a probably a huge pioneer because it was so different mm-hmm. than a lot of these types of shows where it's like it, we don't know if this is going to work, if people yeah. are going to respond to this like curmudgeon character. Just going to say the Golden Girls again. Absolutely. Um, for old ladies carrying a sitcom. It works. It works. Who knew? One other um, real quick thing, bringing it back to Aretha. We were talking about this before we started. It is insane to me when you look at TV in this time period. We're talking, Mm -hmm. you know, early 60s to 70. Like, all of a sudden, you have no context of what's going on in the rest of the country at all. No. You think about, like, you're layering on, like, Aretha's music or anyone else's music, like the civil rights movement, any of that stuff. 
Nothing. It's funny that you say that because I was actually reading someone's blog spot that did a Munsters versus Adams family. And someone commented that, no, I think so this show's better. And then someone replied and, you know, they were kind of debating. And it really got into like how I think it was the Munsters completely avoids anything, anything. happening during the civil rights mm-hmm. movement. Like this is just a happy, wholesome family. Nothing happens. Um, interesting. There's a Bewitched episode. A very controversial Christmas episode where eventually several characters are in blackface. Oh, no. But it was was a contest, a classroom contest, and it was written by um, a classroom of 10th graders that were all African-American. Okay. And it was basically saying – I think the, like, goal was to be, like, we're all the same. Yeah. You know? But it came off very, like, offensive, and it was banned from television. (gasps) I don't think you can find it easily. But it had a good message. So at least Bewitched tried to touch on something, even though – they did it the worst way. Right. The absolute but, worst way you could do it. Yeah, the Munsters, like, completely oblivious. Which Adam, is... I don't, I don't know. Adam's family... Well, I mean, they're, you know, they're sort of, like, different. lampooning more yes. than anything. They're almost like an SNL, kind of. But uh, it's interesting, then, that it's, like, you... Right from the start, you sort of get television as escapism, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, you, even when you think about it, it's like, ugh, I can't handle the news. Like, let me watch Kimmy Schmidt. You know, or whatever. Yeah. Like, let me watch something, like, bright and colorful. But I think... Even Kimmy Schmidt touches on things. For sure. But it's just like you can laugh at it for five minutes. Yeah. And now these were just like, no, no, we're cool. Yeah. Things are things are tough. <laughs> well, I mean, even in Lucy, you couldn't, like, you couldn't say the word pregnant. No. So, you, of expecting. course, you wouldn't be able to comment on, like, politics or anything in television. And it's like, you know, I mean, Hollywood's obviously, like, obvious, always been very politically active. Like, you know all these writers were just like... Like, oh, you me. Yeah. Like, I don't want to write this bullshit. <laughs> like, I don't want to write some, like, wolf boy joke. I want to talk about the, the stuff. <laughs> no, the stuff. You can't talk about the stuff. People don't want to talk about the stuff on like, the Munsters. I want Eddie Munster to be an activist. <laughs> Fan fiction. We write that. I will write that. <laughs> there, by the way, there is a Bewitched Genie crossover fanfiction. Clean fan fiction because i clean. looked up to see if there had ever been a crossover and yeah that's what i found surprisingly clean i think i, I mean i didn't dig too deep <laughs> i'm sure there's some weird supernatural orgies happening You're recommending something and someone's like whoa <sighs> so rough okay i think that's it do i want to just watch all of these shows again yeah I think maybe not. I this happened last time i wanted to go back when we talked about morticia i just mm-hmm. wanted to watch the adams family that's how I'm going to feel this week, too. I think it's on Hulu or on um, Netflix. It is on Hulu. Oh, great. Yeah, love. Thanks, guys. Starting my change.org <laughs> Thanks, petition. Thanks, guys, for... Hulu. Shout out. <laughs> Changing my change.org petition for Laverne and Charlie starts now. I need to just figure out who has the rights. Yeah. Petition those people. Okay. Maybe just contact Penny Marshall. Yeah. We can, oh, we I can mean, figure it out. That seems casual. Seems easy. I bet you we're only four degrees away from Penny Marshall. I bet we're like two. Wow. Okay. Great. We can, we can work on that. This is going to happen. This is going to happen. Um, so, guys, tell us your thoughts. Send us an email at hellofangirls at gmail.com. By the way, we got an email from Don. I see a friend. He's our he's our mildest Shambino friend. Yes. Of course. Um, we are taking your suggestion into consideration. Don't think that we haven't thought about it before. Yes. We just need we need to we need to chat about yeah, it. Yeah, we're figuring we actually, it out. We have a, we're having a little bit of a fangirl feud over it. So like just now. Don sent us an email. You guys can too. I already said it, but hello fangirls at gmail.com. Or you can find us on social. At where? FGF Podcast on Twitter. Fangirl Fridays podcast on Instagram. Or like our good friend Corinne on Facebook. Who, by the way, Corinne sent us an email or on a note on Facebook was like, thanks for saying my name right. And I'm like, girl. I understand. We get it. Yeah. Like, I was like, my name is Marin Ziabrowski. Also, also <laughs> on our side piece podcast, The People vs. Ryan Murphy, I mispronounce names weekly. Yes. It's fun. You should listen. Yeah. It's my favorite is when Natalie has to try and, like, pronounce, like, Italian or... Game of Thrones name. <laughs> yeah, like, Game of Thrones it's, name. It's humiliating for me, honestly. <laughs> I'm like, everyone's going to hate this podcast because I can't read. <laughs> so until next Friday. Bye. Bye.